Welcome to the SMI Bulldog. Uh, Brian Black here with you. We are talking about serious mental illness uh, advocacy and public policy. Uh, joining us today to talk about many of these, these uh, issues is Steve Bassan, a mental health counselor, author, and uh, podcast host. And, and we'll get, get to all, all of those points in the course of our conversation. Um, Steve, thank you so much for, for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. Now, I, I wanted to ask you up front, this is something that I, I sort of, I don't want to say I ask every guest, but it's I, I, I guess I sort of do in a way because okay. um, I what 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 brought you to the work you're doing with with, with mental health? What was like the starting point, or or, or you know, you know I, what, what initiated that that um, journey into the wonderful the, world of uh, mental the, health? <laughs> the real start really is when um, I was 12. I lost my best friend in a fire, and um, you know this was the. 80s so basically i was told as a boy you know suck it up buttercup and uh, go out there and uh, play there's a game on saturday to be played and i don't begrudge anyone for that but it took me four years to cry his death um and i never wanted anyone to be alone ever again in those type of traumatic events so that's part of what as of 16 years old i decided that i want to work in psychology so that's really where it got my interest and in. i've been in the field now for 22 years. Um, love it. I moved from Canada to the United States to be in this field. So um, really enjoyed, but I, you know, my interest has gone from that little trauma slash bereavement process to a very large amount of things. Well, first of all, I, I am sorry to, to hear of your loss. I'm Thank you. sorry about that. Um, I think it's a blessing in disguise because I, I think that it fuels my work every day. And I, I think that empathy comes in really quickly because of mm -hmm. well, one thing that I, I definitely wanted to ask you is I've noticed in the last year or so with all of what's going on, you know, in a world specific to COVID and, and, and the associated um, response to, to, to that or, or lack of response as the case may be. And there has been a prevailing sentiment of that all these, all these, you know, the perfect storm, as it were, of different factors coming into play has made a lot of mental health issues worse. And so not, not to play devil's advocate per se, but do you think that in and of itself is, is true? Or do you think that's an oversimplification of that? Because because I, I, and the reason I ask it is because I, 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 I'm seeing it almost like repeated, almost like a like almost like, like a cliche at, at a certain point where it's always taken as a given. And I, and I was just wondering, do you, do you take that as a given or do you think that there's more, you know, underneath that? Well, the first thing I want to say is that I'm a fan of, if we go for a physical once a year, we should be able to go for a mental health mm -hmm. review once definitely, a year. Definitely. So I'm a big fan of everyone going to therapy, even if it's once a year for a checkup. So let's start off with that basis. Going more with the COVID situation, I think that because people have been a little more forced into sitting at home alone, people having to take the information or misinformation, depending on which side you, you, you sit on, from social media, from the media, from different sources, um, a lot of people have become more anxious, more depressed. And what I found in my practice is that a lot of people have also started thinking about their traumas from the past. And I think that all of that has been triggered 
because of the pandemic. So I don't think that the mental health issues weren't there before. I think they came to light because of the pandemic. And because of that, a lot more time on your hands and stuff like that, you end up thinking about anxiety and depression and trauma. Um, and for people who have avoided a lot of behaviors with other people, then now they're stuck with their own behaviors and noticing maybe the ticks and stuff like that. And it's certainly, I think that we're not done with that. I think that we talk about the pandemic. My view is that no matter how it quote ends, I don't know if it will ever end, but if it ends, um, we're still looking four or five years of processing these events for for the mental health field and causing a lot of serious mental health issues for different people. True. Now, um, another thing I wanted to ask you about is you have had a previous experience, not currently, but um, previous experience in many of these um, crisis intervention teams or model. What um, what brought you into to that specific? area of of advocacy well i was working in a group home originally um and someone was looking for someone to do triage on a crisis team and when i started there i was 22 23 and just fell in love with the work because it is a very fast pace but you have a lot of people with a lot of needs and you know when we talk about serious mental health unfortunately sometimes they're not taken too seriously and for me, it was important. We had a great team. Obviously, I'm not here to plug my team, but uh, the people I worked with took it very seriously. And we took every call seriously. And we went to the emergency rooms. We went in the community. We were first one of the first teams in our state to go in the community versus making people go to the hospital, get cleared, and then get seen by a mental health counselor. So we, we, I really liked the innovation of our team. I liked the work that we did. And just being able to give someone a you know, a glimmer of hope at two o'clock in the morning when they're struggling with so many difficult situations. Uh, it, it, it's an, it, it, I know it's going to sound strange, but to me, that was the most invigorating thing and kept me going for 15 years on that team. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cause I, cause one of the things that I'm, I'm sort of, and, and I, I hope I don't sound like an idiot saying this, but uh, one of the things that, that I'm finding is that there tends to be areas of disagreement that aren't really areas of, of agreement, that aren't really areas of disagreement. In other words, what I mean, for example, is in terms of the extent of someone's just of, of someone's situation, whether it's someone working full time and there might be some depressive episodes relating to job loss or relating to a family situation, and then on the other side of of of, of, of the um, of the um, conversation, you have uh, parents and families of a family member with schizophrenia, for example, who might be. Uh, you know, working with, with with a judge or with with a public defender or you know what have you to get treatment for a family or a loved one, and there tends to be and I, and I don't know if this is an oversimplification or not, but there tends to be a, a, almost like a, a a frustration on on both of those sides of wait a second why are you lumping me in with <laughs> with that other scenario when we're in this other scenario, uh, for example, with a lot of substance abuse. Um, issues. That's something that, that I've heard almost repeatedly is, well, I'm being treated for bipolar. Why are you sending me to a substance abuse facility when I don't have a... So something like that, for example, where there's different... 
populations, different demographics of treatment, and they're often like lumped in together. Well, let's start off by, to me, any type of mental health issues that's causing significant distress in your life is a serious mental health issue. True, exactly. I, th- I think that one of the, the disservice we do, and again, I'm not saying that one is worse or better than the others, but when we're not able to treat schizophrenia the same way we treat bereavement, for example, mm-hmm. do I treat someone who has voices the same way I treat someone who might have held a baby that had unfortunately passed away? Uh, to me, I treat them exactly the same in the sense mm-hmm. that maybe I'll have a different technique for both of them. Mm-hmm. But you gotta, we got to stop thinking that mental health is not serious. And I think that that's where I feel I just like for me, it's like substance use, in my opinion, and there's studies that prove that yeah. 80% or so is based on mental health issues. So the mental health issue either caused a substance abuse issue or vice versa. True. So we have to be able to look at it and stop thinking that if I have my little depression and no one yeah. can see my air quotes here, but we can minimize that and say, well, that's not as good as having voices in your head, for example. And I'm not trying to diminish or grandiose any of those. I just think that we got to stop thinking about mental health as an either or approach, because I think they're all significant and that we are not able to look at it from a treatment perspective really well when we like look at um, someone who has voices differently than someone who has um, substance use or Mm -hmm. depression. I think that it's, it's a disservice to everyone. If we start putting, well, this is better than the other where again, I I know that some are more acute than others, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, we cannot treat it differently. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm very happy to hear you say that because I know, and I don't know if you've encountered this, but speaking strictly for myself, I've encountered a lot of, I don't know if hostility would be, would be the right word, uh, often hostility or animosity from different areas of mental health who, for no, th- through no fault of my own, t- tended to see me as the enemy or see me as a threat when, you know, for whatever reason. And that's something that I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to that, that someone is so determined to make an ab, 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 can't say the word adversarial relationship where there is none and have you encountered that that love that any of that in, in your in your work where there's been whether it's a, a misunderstanding or whether it's someone who tends to think that you're saying something you're you're not anything like that uh, it happens a lot with schizophrenia obviously yeah. with people under the influence it happens I think that sometimes when we're depressed, we're looking for the word that's wrong in the sentence in order to attach to it. Same thing with anxiety. Um, And then we can talk about personality orders for hours and hours, but I know we have about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But at the end of the day, I think that what's going to happen is no one's ever going to be happy completely. We're never going to make everyone happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do my job. The name of my business is called uh, Straight to the Point Therapy. Because I've learned that being direct, you'll get the real response, but at least it puts it on the table. And if I, I'm not delusional enough to think that I'm everyone's cup of tea. And I think we got to start being realistic that just like we have the um, people who are not happy with COVID and saying that it's just a cold, 
versus COVID is the most deadly disease since the plague and everywhere and in between. We're not going to make everyone happy. And I think that if we accept that, I think that we're able to move forward much better and not be so attached to how people react to us. I certainly, I worked in a police station at one point when we started to do diversion programs and um, you know, police were mostly nice, but I had a few police officers that, you know, did not want me there. And that's yeah. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I just didn't understand what we did. And it's always going to yeah. be that way. Uh, but I also had people who w- I worked into a courthouse and I walked into the courthouse and, you know, it, it was like, oh my God, you're going to help us get him the right treatment. That is so awesome. So you're always going to have different situations where people are going to react differently. I don't get attached to that stuff anymore. Yeah. Cool. And, um, and, and I wanted to underscore something you, you said that, you know, mental, mental uh, illness is a serious issue. So I did, I did want to just under, underscore that point. Um, my, my usage of the term obviously is um, a relatively inclusive usage of the term, both the U.S. Go, you know, government definition by different federal agencies of that definition, as well as the, the more um, you know, informal uh, inclusive definition that, that's that you're talking about it as well. So I, I, I tend to be sort of, you know, kind of inc- inclusive in my usage of the term without being specific to one part of the definition over another. So I, I did want to just underscore that, that point that, that it is a, ser- it is a serious issue that if it, if someone wants to believe that it's just a, you know, that it's no big deal, that's, you know, we don't know for certain. I mean, that's why it, like you said, it just, a, you know, it might not be, but you don't know unless you go to have it checked on like you would anything else in anything else for your health. It, it, it's a little bit of a conversation I have with first responders all the time in regards to the, to treatment. Mm-hmm. They ask me, well, you know, I've had this negative outcome. Um, and they said, well, do you think I have trauma now? Do you think I'm going to be able to do my job? like i don't know maybe you will maybe you don't but we need to talk about it and that's really what you just said is very important and sometimes it's the first time that you have an adverse outcome and sometimes it's the 27th one that causes you to lose it so to speak um so to put a label on one over the other again i'm with you it's just to me we just have to have more conversation treatment should be in my opinion once a year go see go see whoever a therapist a social worker a shrink whoever you want to call them and just say, hey, everything's good or everything's not so good. And mm-hmm. that way you can work with that. And that way you will see that if you need more treatment, then that's available. And if you mm-hmm. don't need treatment, well, hey, see you in a year. Kinda yeah. Like the physical yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. Because I, I, I definitely like your, your your point of view. I mean, it's it's very to the point, <laughs> like, like, like you're like, looking at your business. And I, I don't hear a lot of bureaucracy speak in what you're saying. And I don't hear a lot of of uh you know system speak in what you're saying i just i just hear you talking very clearly into the point and i think that that's something that in many respects is missing from a lot of, of mental health conversations so I'm, I'm very happy to have you on on today thank you appreciate that um, and i try to be to the point because i remember one day i worked with someone who would you consider serious mental health he he had a lot of issues and he said to me when i started in 99 he, he says, Hey, you come here. So I went to see him and he says, you're going to go far in this field. And I said, okay, I'm 22. How do you know that? 
He's like, you never lied to me and you were really direct when I needed something. So you will go far in this field. And I always remember that person. And um, it's something to be, you know, when mental health, if we try to dance around the subject, I think we're going to really hurt people who take it very seriously. And we're going to help encourage people who trivialize it. And if we're too, well, this is the biggest emergency in the world, then we're going to diminish it for some people saying, oh, they're just pushing their own business. And for those in our business, they're going to say, yeah, you're right. So I think that it's finding that balance, even though you say I'm directed a point, I find myself to be very balanced in how I talk and looking for that middle ground, you know, but between uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and talking about the middle ground, um, I think it's the oldest idea in the world, just like uh, uh, to, to be able to talk about, and again, not pushing religion in any way, but Buddhism is about being in the middle. And to me, that's how we got to treat everyone. So if you're in the middle, you're able to get the different places, but you need to be able to also say if something is not going right, saying, hey, that's not going right. And I yeah. think that's important. Cool, cool. Um, now, how would people find out more about the work you're doing and, and, and the podcast that, that you're doing? Oh, thank you. And I, I have a podcast, uh, Finding Your Way Through Therapy. Uh, we, I interview, it's about an interview, and then I do one of my speech. The last one was on people pleasing. I'll be doing one on music very soon and how that affects mental health. But it's to make mental health so reachable. My, this is not my first language. This is my second language. I speak French. So this has made it much easier. So the podcast would be a great place. If, if you don't want to listen to a podcast, I have a book, Finding Your Way Through Therapy, same as the podcast. Uh, very accessible. It's made to be accessible to everyone who wants to demystify mental health. So hopefully people can pick that up too. Cool, cool. And just a quick sidebar, you mentioned music and, and French being your um, primary language. You've heard of Serge Gainsbourg? Yeah, of course. Awesome, awesome musician and uh, legendary. Um, yeah, Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah. Oh, the same yeah. Quebec. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who don't know what, what, what I just Google, Google, Google the name. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> he, he is amazing, but yeah. he was very underrated even in his language. Yeah. So uh, on that point, um, I do want to thank you for uh, being here today. And this was great, Brian. It went by really fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, a lot of info, though. A lot of info. Lots of um. So I appreciate it. And um, thank you, those of you at home or wherever you may be. Um, stay safe and um, talk to you next time. Uh, thank you. Bye.